My next guest is an employer brand thought leader and a pioneer in the Australian market with over 18 years experience dedicated to building multi-award winning employer brands in the APAC region. Working within creative agencies, RPOs, leading in-house global employment brand teams, she successfully translated marketing and communication concepts to the world of HR to attract, recruit and retain talent. Bree Mason, welcome to Talent Blazers. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to talk to humans again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, it's going to be an awesome episode, I think. Um, we're going to be unpacking how to get an EVP project supported from the C-suite, plus some general tips on how to overcome challenges at critical stages when building an EVP strategy. Um, so yeah, I'm re- really looking to unpack this one. Uh, but for those who don't know who you are, uh, Bree, do you mind if you just share a little bit about your background and uh, and what you're up to these days? Sure. Um, I think your intro said a lot of it about my background, um, but basically <laughs> spent my entire career in the employer brand space. Um, it's an area I'm so stupidly passionate about. Um, today, I guess, I'm privileged to work with organisations um, I guess they're all at different stages of their employer brand journey um, to help them create the right building blocks and the foundations in which they can build a compelling employer brand. Um, I guess I call myself a employer brand consultant, which is probably quite different to your advertising agency in this space, uh, where I really act, um, I guess, as an extension of, of typically HR teams within more of your enterprise, larger organisations. Um, and I give them access to that employer brand expertise where they don't have the headcount to have a me sitting in-house. Um, and what I found, I guess, is a point of difference there is that um, people, agencies um, come up with amazingly creative ideas all the time. Um, where I guess I've had the experience of sitting in-house is thinking about how we can actually take these ideas and operationalise them, embed them, and really think about how we can create something that's a lot more sustainable, longer-term kind of strategic approach to talent attraction and retention. So it's thinking, I guess, it's the strategic side, the operationalising side of things, um, really focusing on how we can deliver measurable value and ROI. That's a big one, I think, as I've learned over the years in this space, um, needing to prove ourselves in order to build teams and, and to get budget for this work. Um, because I've found, I guess, Still, sadly, the world of employer branding is really misunderstood. Um, I guess appreciation of business impact is so widely varied in Australia. Um, So I'm all about another big part of what I do is really um, passionate about educating people in this space to really set them up for success, um, to learn from the experience, the mistakes, the the lessons I've learned along that way so they can, I guess, um, really be more successful in this space so we can really grow it and and help organisations attract and retain great talent. Yeah, nice one. Um, and, and you've worked at, uh, with and for some incredible businesses. Early days, it was with Telstra. Um, uh, and for those who don't know who Telstra are, they are uh, Australia's incumbent telco, uh, big, big beast. Um, tell us a little bit about, about those experiences uh, way back when, when uh, employee brand, I don't know, was it, was it a thing? I'm not sure. It wasn't, you know, I think um, from my understanding, I was the first in-house employer brand manager in Australia. Um, so wow. an amazing, uh, I guess, thought leader in, in that space, saw the opportunity to create a role. And I, over the years, was able to grow it from being myself to a team of eight at our largest. And I guess we were looking um, after, I guess, 24 countries, um, I guess, and thinking about the employer brand across 
32 different talent segments. Um, I had some great experts in the team and supported by a number of partnerships and and agencies and teams as well. So we got to do some um, great, amazing work, um, probably ahead of the curve in Australia. So a lot of lessons, I guess, what, how you do it and what, what is this? And and I had the opportunity to share that journey with other organizations to help them as well. So I'm kind of continuing that. Well, fast forward to today, and, and you're you're a consultant, and you're um, you're assisting people, and also getting into the trenches as well. Uh, I'm curious to know from your perspective, when people are engaging with you, what's an what's the ideal um, team um, to work with to be able to get an EVP executed through the various challenges um, that that it takes? But what are the types of skills and um, required for, for that to happen? Yeah. Look, typically I'm engaged these days by your maybe a a VP of HR or kind of HR department head or a head of talent and TA would be probably 95% of the time. Um, Sometimes I'm working um, in organisations who are are fortunate to have an employer brand team or person mapping as an extension of their team. Um, Or for some teams, I'm actually going, building the strategy for them and then coaching a team of people a collective kind of project team through on the delivery um so whilst it's kind of it's often born from hr in all most cases um one of the first steps when they engage me is i kind of sit down with them and say hey we need to do some stakeholder mapping here um you you can't do these projects in isolation in hr um it's not going to be effective um you'll definitely face blockers down down the track and, and you don't have the resource the capability um within hr to do this effectively so you sit down and ensure kind of um ensuring very much you've got marketing on board from day one um comms is a big one as well in that support there but i think another really big part is actually the the leadership or the business leaders from the parts of the organization where you're having the most challenges so I am engaged sometimes I have come to organizations I've been engaged by the CTO or a chief um, data scientist which is awesome that they, they get they understand this space and they know they want to do something about it so it's important to have the support of those guys in on this work because the reality is you'll be asking of them down the track um, asking for their people to get involved in research their people to become advocates and start advocating in market so you're asking for their time essentially and their people to do activities that are not their core KPIs, I guess, yeah. their focuses are. So it's important to have those leaders on board and buying into this to be really effective as well. Yeah, so that's the C-suite or even hiring managers. Um, why is it important to get marketing and internal comms in board? Let's unpack marketing first. Is it because uh, employer brand need to be aware or could even leverage off their consumer brand or... or um... 100%, 100% that. And look, there has to be an alignment. There's one brand within an organisation, there's this overarching brand. But what I've seen over the many years is that that brand has pretty much in most cases been developed to be customer facing. So it's, it's been born with the intent to acquire and retain customers. Um, and they haven't thought about how that comes through to acquiring and <laughs> retaining employees. So it's, it's working closely with them to think about how does this come to life? Um, okay. For the purpose of employer branding. So, so more yes. the amplification side of things when it gets towards the end of the project, leveraging off their skill yeah, set. That part too. So I think it's it's firstly it's in that brand strategy phase. So it's thinking, well, how does this 
as a consumer proposition apply to a people proposition and working with them on that. Um, but then right through it, at the back end of that, it's it's the reality is they've got those skills and expertise. They might have the abilities in-house to support your work. Um, so, yes, they can be helping you there. But if you know what, if you don't have their buy-in and support, what I found in many cases is that you might get to the end of a project when you're, you're gone off on a different path and tangent. You haven't involved them. Their job is to be the brand custodian and, and guardians there. And if, if you've done something that they're not happy with, they're going to stop you. <laughs> they're going to stop you from launching it and they're not going to get that approval. They'll shut that work down. Um, so uh, it, it is about kind of getting them in uh, day one on that project. So, so often and early is what, what I'm hearing. Yeah, 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 definitely. And in comms is a big one as well. So once again, they've got the resource capability. Their job is to be the spokesperson for the organisation. So um, they've got the skills to support their, be it creating content, be it usually off owning the corporate websites um, and kind of key communication channels, often running the social media teams. So getting them on board, um, if, they, if they truly understand the value of this, they're going to support it. And when I've seen that done really effectively is when it's kind of this collective ownership of the employer brand just as much as it is that that corporate brand um, that can be really effective. So just touched on a few challenges in, in getting an EVP up and going, but what are a few of the other ones that are common within enterprise as they're going through that journey of um, offering to life their EVP? Big question. <laughs> there are a lot of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> what's one that you, I know, yeah, I know there is, but what's one, what's one that you, you commonly yeah. encounter and, and it's fun to solve. Like, it is. You know, you're like, wow, it okay, is. Cool, and look, even with the most experience in this space, you, st- you still face them with organisations. And look, I think one big one, regardless of what the market conditions are, I think it's just an age old one, is particularly in large, whether they be global or kind of even just enterprise organisations, to identify what your one, um, I guess, most compelling advantage is. Like what's that one big idea? Which in marketing, that's what a brand development is. It's kind of going, what's that, that, what's that big thing? That's not so easy in the world of employer branding, which is so complex. So you think about how many different talent segments you've got working in organisations in, in your bigger ones, be it from a graduate or kind of a retail workforce, it's high volume there, it's kind of casual type workforce through to really senior executives or technology teams or whatever it may be. Um, their needs and wants of those audiences are very different. Um, I could tell you now, obviously, the experience across that organisation is so vastly different as well. Um, so even just within, I guess, the, from a culture perspective, there's subcultures that exist across organisations. So how do you identify and pinpoint what is that one big thing that holds, like, can bring it all together and, and, and can you could kind of see catch cry, you rally kind of people to rally behind? when that, that is so different. Um, yeah. yeah. I think- so are you talking about being a little bit more aspirational or you just find common theme amongst amongst all the, all the, um, all across the, most of the pillars that you're working across? Yeah, look, I think definitely concrete. So for me, an EVP needs to be, I guess, clear. It needs to be concise, but it needs to be accurate um, as well. So it needs to be something that is so true that it's just kind of within your DNA. Um but there needs to be an element of aspiration to that too, right? So it needs to be appealing. Yeah. It needs to make external talent stand up and go, oh, that's an organisation I would like to work for. Or for those that are within the organisation, this is the best place to be. The grass isn't greener. So it's this one thing kind of that people want to buy into there. Um, but it also needs to be differentiated as well. So, But when you're kind of competing against not only organisations within your 
industry, if you think about it, someone working in a tech team could be working in a number of very different organizations to say someone working in a sales or a procurement type of like role. There are different organizations that you try to compete with there. So trying to define what that is and that special source, that special something can be challenging in, in large, large organizations. But I think more relevant to the current market and what I've found in the last probably 12 months in doing this for a number of organizations is a challenge, I guess, that massive difference between um, employee needs and the reality of employee experience today. Um, I think what's happened to the world, <laughs> we've faced an existential crisis and people have kind of spent, had the time a couple of years to think about what's truly important to me. Um, it's kind of changed a lot of motivators. Um, people have been held back, they've been bored in life. Um, where organisations have spent a number of years for in the last five, eight years in really working hard at, at building these really compelling employee experiences, the tech industry paved the way for how perks and benefits can be done and kind of how the organisations needed to create these really awesome workplaces that people wanted to be in, um, or understanding that culture could be a core differentiator. Um, so they've built these amazing cultures which are centred around being around one another all the time. A lot of that's been stripped away. So it's kind of a lot of it's become more of an even playing field when people are working remotely. That relationship with your work, with your colleagues, with your organisation has become a lot more transactional. So it's sort of well, how does this job or organisation then differ to another? It's kind of harder to, to, to do that. And what I found by running um, employee research with a number of organisations across, across many industries, engagement is much lower. I've absolutely seen that. I think there's people of it's just a bit dissatisfied with life, to be honest. A lot of the joy has been stripped out of our kind of the day-to-day -day life and restrictions being placed there. But also what you get from being around colleagues and um, that's kind of not been there as much. And, and work's become harder because we're expected to do more but in a more challenging ways being remote. So I think that employee experience that it's being offered today isn't as, as strong as it was a couple of years back. Um, people are looking around because they're thinking, you know what, it's maybe it is time. They're a bit antsy. They want to move on. Um, but organisations need to, to really put out a really strong and compelling proposition right now in order to compete. So execs and the CEOs are really looking for something quite sexy and compelling to go out to market with. But the reality is in doing this research, you're getting this like really, it's quite confronting. I've had stakeholders in with me. Thank goodness they've been through that research with me and they've come out of these focus groups going, shit, why am I Oh, why am I working for this organisation still? Like, this is hard to hear this. So yeah. engagement is low, yeah. satisfaction is low. Um, so it's kind of like what have we got to really sell right now too? And so there's a real disconnect between kind of the fact that we need to be going to market something strong, yet the offering and the value proposition is actually probably weaker than it has been for a number of years. So it's, it's quite challenging times right now um, because employees aren't necessarily really behind and advocating for their organisations um, because they kind of got – one foot out the door a little bit as well, kind of looking in market. Okay, so uh, the retention is a big, big thing. It's it definitely hits the bottom line um, if you've got a high, high, uh, high turnover. Um, without naming names, like I know there's no silver bullet. Maybe there's a couple of rubber bullets that knock this down. Um, who, what, what can be done to do it well? Obviously, acknowledging where you're at, but have you seen a company? who have gone through an EBP, change their messaging. I know a lot of these big enterprise companies, it's hard to turn these ships around, but, you know, companies do and they and they win, right? So what? how are they winning and, and what are they doing to win? 
I think I'd be a lot richer than I am if I had the answer to that. Um, <laughs> um, look, I, think well, I don't think it's one answer, right? It's not just one. It's there's not. a number of things they could be doing. So No, look, I, look, I don't think that there – look, there's – as you said, there's definitely no silver bullet. And I think um, it's a tough one. I don't – I haven't seen necessarily any organisation right now who – has been able to successfully turn this around. I don't have any great case studies to share. And I was talking um, with a few other people recently who have kind of asked, like, do you have some awesome examples? And I was like, you know what? People are just kind of struggling at the moment to get some of the fundamentals right. Um, I think it's been important. I think too, the reality is if you had a value proposition, it's now outdated. So organisations are kind of needing to go back and actually go, you know what? What is important to our people today what do we actually have to offer? So yes, um, I guess really spending time listening to your employees is important to then think about, well, what, what is it that differentiates us? Um, what I think is so important now is to think about um, really thinking about the workforce of your future. I think it, there's been so much going on. Budgets are being pulled back. Headcount is starting to get tired of the market in the last probably, probably couple of months. I've seen a real tightening of it. Um, where there was kind of a wave of COVID going, oh, there's some more confidence. And now it's kind of like, oh, actually, it's not as strong right now. Um, So we're going to need to be a lot more justified in action. So for me, it's around, it's really awesome when an organisation has a really good understanding of their future workforce. So their strategic workforce plans, so they understand who they need in order to to deliver on those future strategies. And this is where they can be a little bit aspirational, right? I, I saw something recently, and I thought oh, it was really, really neat. Um, I might have been, um, I might have been one of the the bigger consulting companies where they were, where where they were wanting to attract uh, more females in into engineering, and that's typical of an of of a company wanting to solve for an EVP, right? They're like they're really wanting to understand that problem a little bit more, and and they were uh, really aspirational. They're like, well, in the next three years, we want to have forty percent. Uh, women in engineering and today we're at um, we're at 13 percent and I thought that was really neat uh, how they how they aspirationally put it out there uh, that that's what their goal is and you know, do, you, do you think things like that are um, a nice uh, messages uh, that that employee brand can um, can can influence yeah 100 percent it is really understanding within those key parts of the organisation, kind of where it, where can you have the greatest impact, I think, it, rather than trying to boil the ocean, the reality is we don't have the resource nor budgets to do that. Um, so it's kind of going, where can you have the most impact within your organisation, whether it be around retention, whether it be attraction, whether it's creating awareness in new markets, whether it's challenging perceptions, it's, it's spending time to understand what are the real problems they're trying to solve for rather than just doing a whole bunch of stuff and making noise because that's not going to have any ROI. Yep, you might have some great above benchmark results on LinkedIn in your campaigns, but so what if that's not actually achieving what the business needs? So by yeah, by understanding in organisations going, you know what, this is in engineering, for example, and female, that's where we're going to have an impact. So they're going hard at working out, well, what is it, what is going to be compelling? What is unique? And I'm, what I'm seeing is in thinking about what's important to talent, it's about like they're wanting more purpose. It's kind of going, you know, I, I want to do something that, that's going to matter. And look, at the end of the day, we're not all doctors. We're not saving lives in a lot of the jobs that we do. Um, but it's, it's how can I... spending a lot of time at work. Right? Yeah, so... but it's again connecting to something. Well, what's 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 the purpose for me as an employer brand expert? So what's going to give fill my cup and give me a lot back? So 
So it's understanding what that is. Um, I think it's about it's about really talking authentically and honestly around what is this experience going to look like for the next few years? I think it's about being really transparent. There are so many options on the table for people right now. So it's about painting a clear and I think realistic picture around what that might look like. So you're attracting the right types of people for that step, next stage of the journey. Um, talent are smart and particularly in the industries in particularly then management consulting, they're smart cookies, right? They see through and like this to me, long gone are the days where you can kind of put out this glossy marketing spin. Like, like come on, let's face it. That's a load of crap. <laughs> it's around, let's be really truthful and honest and be transparent. Let's talk about it what's and all. So people can understand, well, yeah, I, I'm going to have to put in this, but actually this is the real return for me at the end of the day. And you know what? That's worthwhile for me at right now. That matches my aspirations and my state of my life journey. Um, so I think that's when organisations can be most effective in, in, in focusing there. And, and that's a, a pretty long journey for companies to go on. So when you're, when you're um, being contacted early on uh, with, with C-Suite, um, you know, whether it be head of, head of TA, but, you know, eventually trying to, as you mentioned, you need that buy-in from C-suite. How are you, how are you, how are you helping to educate what the ROI can be? Can you, can you, in terms of framing what the business case could be like, because you, I, I'm assuming, I'm only assuming you can't go for the jugular, can you? You can't tell them what's and all, but you could keep their eyes up and in the distance on what can be achieved uh, through a meaningful EVP. So um, in terms of an ROI, like how, how are you influencing the C-suite? ROI is so critical. I think I mentioned, um, I think teams I'm finding are finally getting the support and the funding or the kind of the airtime um, for this as a topic. Um often for the first time. Um, so it's really important, I guess, they're making damn sure that they're tracking everything um, to prove the effectiveness of this. It's business at the end of the day. And we're not necessarily the best in HR in really um, being good for that business metrics and that accountability side of things. So I think to me, it's about um, proving that case for success and impact so we can ask for more money and resource down the track. <laughs> so, um I think in order to gain greater ROI um, from all your employer branding initiatives, um, we need to generate and track leads across the broader attraction and conversion journey. So if you think about it, um, there's some, it's, it's yes, it's, at the end of the day, it's about driving job applications, but it's so much more than that. So if we're just counting solely on, on job applications, reality is you would have gone backwards in your data from, 12 months ago because it's become a tighter market. So we can't be relying on metrics like on that alone. So it, it, I think what I say, this is a mouthful, but data is made useful for measurement and presentation by the context in which it's perceived. And what I mean by that is to put data in context, we first need to determine what our marketing goals and objectives are and then relate them to meaningful metrics. So if it's actually about creating greater awareness in new markets, well, what is the data points that are going to help us understand that? Because if we agree that that's what the shift that needs to happen within our employer brand, um, then they're the more meaningful metrics um, for us at the end of the day. And that's what we can collectively agree on is what where our ROI is if we've had impact there, not necessarily kind of at other ends. But if it's about we're bleeding like critical staff, we're losing people here. Well, the reality is your focus would really be on from a retention perspective. So I think it's it's firstly for me, it's sitting down and having real clarity on what those 
um, challenges are that you're facing across attraction and retention, um, setting some really crystal clear marketing goals and objectives, and then working out because what is that measurement framework um, that you can put in place to understand how you're tracking to achieve that. And I guess that, that's something I always work with organisations on. If we're building out a marketing plan, it's then sitting down and going, okay, what's the framework to, to measure how we're performing here? And there'll be two sorts of metrics. There'll be, your I kind of call them your operational metrics. So it's, yeah, what's your engagement or your reach like on social media? What are your website visitors like? What are your applications? These are all important things and we need to be monitoring those. But that means nothing to, to a CEO. They don't care how many people are engaging with your posts necessarily. Um, tie, we tie that back to business metrics. Um, those, those things will help you understand the person who's running those campaigns. Are they being effective? Could they be tweaking and optimising to be more effective? Um, but then we need to have a set of core performance metrics. So then what are those agreed things right across that kind of awareness, consideration, conversion and retention across that employee lifecycle? What are those core things that we deem as success that we are tracking? Um, and that then will prove the return um, that we've kind of we've had. Nice. I feel like I could keep talking to you about so many more topics, um, but we are at time. It's been an absolute pleasure, Bree. Thank you for joining me on Talent Blazers. It's um, really insightful to hear um, how your how companies can build business cases and, and um, really have a meaningful EVP. So thank you. Thank you for having me.